Hello, we are back with the 10th episode of the 2023 World Cup series from the cricket with the West Coast Infidels. This is Vasant and with me are Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian, Ramakrishnan G. Iyer and Anand Kumar Shankaran. Today, we will review the eight games that took place after our last episode and then we will preview the next seven games that follow. Let us go straight into the match reviews. South Africa and Pakistan. Vijay, what do you think about that game? Yeah, I think it was all green for the money, right? We had, first of all, South Africa <laughs> chasing. I, I really prayed for that. That happened. But what I wanted for them was to sort of negate all this idea that they're not good chasers. They didn't do that, actually. <laughs> Although they won this really clean combination, right? Six inform batsmen, one inform all-rounder, and then top-of-the-form bowlers to follow through. Two of whom can battle. Somehow when chasing, their plans go completely mm-hmm. off script. I have never understood how that can go that bad. But this time they scraped through. For me, Pakistan, actually, I think we have talked about their limitation. They have a very strict you know, target in mind when batting first. They they have to cross that target. Only then will their bowlers come to the party. And this was, I think, on par. So they just about reached that point where they could make a game out of it. Once again, you know, a scrappy 50 from Babar. But finally, finally, their middle and lower order started contributing as well, better than run a ball. But none of them went through to make big impact that that would take them into the safety zone as far as scores were concerned for a South African batting order to chase. All that kind of reflected in the final about 18 to 20 balls of madness where South Africa was making their best to give a wicket and Pakistan was doing their best not to take that wicket irrespective yeah. of Rauf's uh, left-handed catch and whatnot. Probably it's, for now, it's at least the game of the tournament for me. The questionable LBW of Shamsi on the last mm. ball of the 46th over. I don't know if I were umpire, my inclination would be to not give LBW, particularly when the the fielding team has reviews, which is why the umpire's call is dicey. I mean, the game there and perhaps Pakistan's World Cup playoff was what? A couple of centimeters here or there? I, I fully understand why the Pakistanis are unhappy, but sometimes that's how it goes, I suppose. And, you know, this game, like three balls after that fantastic return catch by Harris Roff and for a minute, you wonder, is this the same Pakistan who can't hold on to anything? But fabulous game. A- any team that wins the toss and puts South Africa into bat, I don't know what they are thinking, honestly. Game of inches once again. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And like somebody to that uh, Shamsi decision, it may have been Vakar on commentary. Uh, it's been a few days since we watched it. But he made this point that, hey, look, we don't know why the umpire ruled the way he did. Maybe he thought there was an inside edge. I thought that was like a very insightful point. Maybe the umpire thought it was hitting stump, but he felt there was an edge. And maybe that's why he said, no, nobody ever evaluated that possibility. And I thought he did open up that whole controversy about where the ball is going. And, you know, is it is the ball hitting the stump? Is it not hitting the stump? And, and all of the... The classy Harbhajan Singh tweets that followed, which I thought was an absolute riot. So that was one, I think, uh, takeaway for me in that game. The second takeaway in that game for me was, this is a terrible captaincy from Babar, man. He is just terrible. A a slightly tighter job of captaincy in terms of, you know, bringing in uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi at the right time. Uh, you know, not trying to figure out a way to somehow bowl out the spinners at a very crucial juncture when he should have been going for the jugular rather than giving them spin options. I think he made a couple of bad choices along the way there. And then mysteriously, even after the spinners were done, he brought back Usama Mir and said, dude, okay, bowl one more over. And I think uh, that, that kind of gave it away for them. And of course, lastly, that uh, the Keshav Maharaj four of Nawaz, right? I mean, this poor fellow Nawaz, I mean, he always shows up, bowls the last over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bowls long hops, <laughs> gives it away. Yeah. Uh, so that Pretty much every 
new news news item or podcast i re- listen to after this game called him out as ordinary like why is he in the team right everybody was nice to him saying i'm not saying he's a bad player blah 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 all that disclaimer but essentially that's what they were all saying like yeah. why why is yeah. a, a subpar player making it to the team regularly yeah that, that, is he somebody's that... relative or something <laughs> i'm sure he is yeah. there's one thing that was actually called out by the pavilion show Pakistan did not bat 50 overs. They left 16 balls wow. on the table. And that actually wow. was super critical. Those 16 balls would have given them 10-12 runs and they would have been fine. I never understood such comments. Like, what does it mean? It's not like they purposefully lifted and they got out. <laughs> I don't know what they mean. Like, I know. Should they have just hung around? Yeah, that's what they meant. What they meant is this, don't go for your shots. Just like South Africa did. I mean, they were just barely clinging on and pakistan was careless it is not very far away from the way new zealand played a couple of days later we'll come to that later another thing i want to talk about is the crowd there were people in the stands whom we know plus so many others who came on various little little videos who talked so glowingly about the crowd at chepok that day they supported south africa they supported pakistan people were egging a non indian bowler shaheen shah afridi and when pakistan took a wicket there was a standing o when south africa scored runs again a huge cheer chennai really really deserved that match match of the tournament so far even though the next match that we are going to discuss came pretty close yeah. this still was the mm-hmm. match of the tournament because it was just that little bit more exciting than smash the ball festival that happened out in dharamsala which is where we are going anand your thoughts on the australia versus new zealand game i actually think that the australia new zealand game was the game of the tournament because we finally had two teams that can actually bat 50 overs or almost close to that uh, australia wasted only four balls i i find it really surprising how many teams are unable to you know finish or bat through all the 50 overs uh, which is you know uh, something is off uh, maybe somebody should look at this world cup Uh, maybe too much T20. I, I, I can't explain it. But Travis said came to the party. Warner is striking at 125. He's just like he's uh, turning the clock back. Mitch Marsh. I don't know if playing at number three is reducing his impact or whatever. But uh, Australia did end up with 388. Everybody went for runs. Not even Glenn Phillips. Oh, Glenn Phillips took three wickets again. I mean, Philip. New, New Zealand bowled seven bowlers. and jimmy nisham went for you know many many runs in his two overs 388 is a steep steep total to chase everybody came to the party including maxwell and new zealand came very very close to you know when he get i'm a huge jimmy nisham fan and he almost chased down 32 from the last two overs 43 from the last three uh, and 65 of the last six with the last three wickets and you know it came down to zampa versus santner santner cleaning up hitting a six of santner and then zampa getting him back great great game and it all came down to a waste high full toss that nisham could not put away i think you know 99 times out of 100 perhaps 90 times out of 100 nisham would have smoked it outside the stadium and this time he couldn't and the run out was you know it's what it is should he have not there, there were a couple of shots that over right turn where labushen also you know restricted what could have been a boundary to just do could have been a boundary that yes. all added to the pressure it all Which... added and that starks five whites the second ball of the last over was you know out of nowhere you know 19 runs from six balls required and he bowls five whites i mean what is that this is stark we are talking about supposedly the best one day international bowler you know australia has produced in a long while and it was a lot of drama i i found it as exciting as the pakistan south africa game and since i'm a jimmy nisham fan i actually found it far more interesting and how many games does nisham almost win for new zealand very good game i think those two games to me brought the tournament to life no more one sided games i thought at that time what did i know and <laughs> australia bowled six bowlers you know mitch marsh zampa went for plenty of runs took three wickets maxwell also went for runs took a wicket 
Uh, was a very interesting game. Cummins is starting to be among wickets, but he's you know you know going at six or seven runs and over. But a very good game. I think was this the first game that Mitchell Stark did not take uh, wickets and he went for almost ten yes. hours. Yes, uh, yes. I think yes. it broke yes. his twenty-three game streak or something. You took away one of my talking points. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that yeah. is absolutely right. First yeah, time I... in the history of World Cup that Mitchell Stark did not take a wicket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was in uh, stark contrast to the rest of his World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Rachin Ravindra, um, I read that the Dharamshala crowd started chanting Rachin, Rachin in, that, uh, <laughs> in the Sachin way. In the Sachin way, and oh my God, I mean, he's he's such clean hitting. I don't know where you know they get the confidence from. Daryl Mitchell continues to bat just low enough. But keep scoring runs for them. I thought it was a fabulous game. I would have really liked Nisham to to have just smoked that ball over the fence and win the game for them. Not meant to be. If New Zealand had won, Australia would they be you know still considered a favorite to for the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe Maxwell wouldn't have played golf, but that's what it is. To me, Latham had been a little smarter with his bowling changes. Nisham mm. needn't have bowled at all. And and uh, Matt Henry could have bowled those two overs that uh, ended up going to Nisham. Ended up getting hit for, what's, four sixes in the same over, one, three from Cummins yeah. and all of that, right? And and, yeah. you know, and and that heroic effort with the bat that, that we saw from Nisham at, at, at the fag end was really his own doing with the ball, right? Yeah. That he was trying to yeah. neutralize in a sense. So th- th- that was that uh, absolute sense of irony there, one. And then the, the run out, Totally, I mean, it was a very Dhoni-esque moment uh, for me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it resembled the Dhoni run-out in that game in so many ways. And, you know, it's a proper case of, you know, karma and everything. That 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 was the other thing that struck me. And then, of course, the Lockie Ferguson injury. I mean, I wonder what would have happened to the outcome of the game had Lockie been available to bowl his full quota. Right, I mean, he bowled three overs, and then we, we didn't see him again. So, so I think, I think, uh, 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 I, but despite all of that, I mean, like, yeah, the Rachin, such clean hitting, right? And, and and I think we were talking about this somewhere else, right? You know, had Michael Bracewell not been injured, I mean, Michael Bracewell would have been in the squad, not Rachin Ravindra. Uh, yeah. And uh, but Bracewell's injury opened uh, that position for him in the fifteen. And then Kane Williamson's injury sort of pushed him into the 11. And somehow he worked out at the top of the order. And then he's just been unstoppable since. So, so again, yeah. you know, he's he's been very, very lucky. And I think uh, as people watching the game, we are lucky he's getting these opportunities. He's in hitting those uh, uh, knocks the way he is. So, so it's, it's been brilliant all around. Should Nish have gone for the second run? I mean, Bolt can bat. Was it too much to ask Bolt to play the last two balls? I don't know. No, I Good don't point. think leaving like to bolt would have been the right thing. They they would have. Yeah, it it was the right call to scamper back, right? Mm-hmm. It was a gamble, but uh, yeah, I didn't pay off. They needed a six, right? Mm-hmm. They needed a four or a six. Oh, four yeah. or a six. Yeah. yeah. Coming back to Rachin Ravindra, what a tournament this kid has had. He's just arrived. New Zealand has unearthed a terrific player for the long term. Wonderful game, and yes. It sparked off a lot of hope that the rest of the tournament will go back to being super exciting. Now let's talk about total cricket and Netherlands versus the Nuggets. Bangladesh was supposed to have won this match. They were the odds-on favourite against a bunch of amateurs and they had no business losing the game. They were sloppy with the ball. They were sloppy on the field. And as one Bangladeshi supporter commented or with a little poster in the stands, Harna Hamari Marzi hai. That's precisely what uh, they seem to have done. They say Marzi or Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Please show us mercy. <laughs> no, but one thing about Netherlands five wickets down, six wickets down, they are not done. They bat until the very end. You never know who's going to come and hit 30, 40, 20, 60. And on the field, they're just like lightning. I mean, basically, yeah. with the bat and ball, they're a team of Shardul Takurs. 
exactly <laughs> <laughs> with that 17 run average maybe but still i thought van meekeren was very yeah. good the ball that got mushfiqur rahim was really a very very good ball i i thought netherlands thoroughly outplayed bangladesh and guess what they are on the verge of potentially qualifying for the champions trophy yeah So that may actually happen. That's yeah. interesting. It was strange tactics by the Bangladeshis too, right? From losing Mushfiqur Rahim, the 18th over, the score was 70. They just added 70 more runs uh, for the remaining four wickets, and they took 25 overs to do that. They just played into the Netherlands' hands from that point on. That's strange. Good for uh, Netherlands to have produced uh, that extra win. Let's see how. Th- how the rest of the thing goes for them you you're right davison they may just manage to squeak out a place in the in the champions trophy who knows yeah when their opponents are getting all out for 55 and all that stuff why not <laughs> and we have the big game which is india against england ekana stadium so so yeah so for me it started with the toss and it was interesting that what's generally been a bat first tournament you know butler decided that india should bat and what's more you know after the game was over when he was asked about it he couldn't explain it i mean he had no idea why he asked india to bat so that i kind of thought was <laughs> where the the fun really started but again you know england were all over the place i thought that was part of the problem there for sure and then of course india was absolutely classy i mean we were all worried about this whole oh but india has only been chasing and that's how they've been raking up the points and you know we'll go to the semi final we'll be made to bat first and guess what we can't defend it so now you know i think that box has been checked and not because rohit won the toss and said it back i i really hope it does that in the next game but we'll come to it but because the opponent's captain inexplicably decided to ask india to bat you know you can understand why they did that right india mm-hmm. won five in a row chasing chasing mm-hmm. so let, let's put them in a spot of uncomfort by having them bat first for the first time in the tournament mm-hmm. has to back his bowlers to start well And yeah, and yeah, again, two twenty nine is not a big score. And they did bowl well. Yeah. They actually did bowl well yeah. to get yeah, that credit, yeah. right? Uh, they were three for forty, and three for forty is one of the 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 scenarios that the Indian team has played out so many times. Forty for three pe kya hoga? You know, they played out those scenarios. Yeah, they also done two for three, and that in the end turned out to be a comfortable win, right? Yeah, But three again, for forty in twelve overs. Three for forty in twelve overs, yeah. and then yeah. uh, then four for one thirty one. That's when the the first real stand kind of came together. But then, of course, you know we should talk about Mohammad Shami and the and that four for for Mohammad Shami, right? I mean, yeah, I mean he he was an absolute absolute revelation. And to think that Shami may not have you know gotten a game had Hardik been fit, yeah. which is the thing that that just is so simply amazing that the guy who's picked up fourteen wickets in three games. we were just comfortable setting him out and still winning handily and that was because siraj right. was right. brilliant right siraj was absolutely yeah, brilliant in the lead up in the lead up yes. yeah i mean from a lead up perspective it made complete sense to play siraj but then till i mean today's game siraj did not quite turn up i mean today was of course uh, he was the revelation but nonetheless so there was this case to are uh, you know why did you play siraj I mean, it doesn't matter what he did at the asia cup final because memory can be short that yep. way, right but but uh, yeah when must call out Think. what shami did simply seven overs one one trick uh, <laughs> one trick rohit can try is uh, every time they start a game he just uh, tells siraj that it is a mentis or a de silva batting we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be think is best yeah. for the sri lankans and, and then i think my my second call out uh, would would be around uh, kuldeep's uh, bowling again you know under lights uh, possible due all of those parameters i think one of the things that have been really impressed uh, impressive about uh, both the games where india has been sort of batting first bowling next is it pretty much wrapped up the game before 
the first 15 20 overs so that even if the dew comes after 20 overs nobody is really bothered about it you know so that's another way of addressing dew related issues wrap everything up in the first 15 overs which which actually i would argue was what happened in both games so so yeah so that's kind of like my quick thoughts on the england, england match yeah the 10 balls from hell to ben stokes Ooh. from shami so much to talk oh about. Oh my God. We'll be seeing <laughs> yeah. that for years. Yeah, for years. It'll be, you know, uh, written about for years. I've already seen some great writing about it. Uh, Matt Troller did a they, piece on ESPN Cricket 4 on those yeah, 10 balls uh, from hell. Yeah. At the, end, at the end of it, they said, what else do you expect Ben Stokes to do? This is all he could do. And I... I there's something about Joe Root's LBW. I think Joe, Joe Root was very upset about it. Do you guys remember what happened? Yes. 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 It looked uh, like so, there yeah. was the slightest uh, tremor in the snickometer. Yeah. Oh, yes. There the was a very tremor. small the tremor yeah. in the snicko. But the yeah, tremor yeah. started even before the ball approached Correct. the bat. So I think the Empire was right in saying the tremor had nothing to do with bat contact, it was just a tremor. Uh, right. If you watch the replays, you can see it. But I don't know. Root was some upset. These guys are not in a right mental frame of mind. They just are upset about every little thing. It was yeah, clearly uh, well before the ball reached him that the tremor started. Yeah. No, no, it was plum. Yeah, yeah. It's just plum. There's no bad. Owen Morgan speculated that there is something else going on with this team that is not cricket related, and. I'm starting to wonder if it's related if it's related to the contracts that people are being granted. I think ECB is in full panic mode. They are offering some players lucrative deals to so that you know they continue to play for England, and I think that's causing a lot of rift. There is um, there was some player who men- mentioned something about people's futures are being decided not Willie. I see. So there is something yeah, that wasn't Willie. Uh, I mean, yeah, that wasn't Willie. I think it was either yeah. Wood or Oaks, one of them. Yeah. They mentioned about people's futures are being decided. See, England has been struggling since the summer. Ever since Jason Roy appended that mm. supplementary contract and said, hey, I'm going to go and, and play away. for mm. what an, an Irvine Knight Riders or something like that ahead of uh, playing yes, the 100. Play here in, the, in America. They yeah. have been having a lot of grief and that's why they uh, initiated some two-year and three-year contracts and so on and so forth in order to... Yeah. to uh, keep their people because their concern, I think, is if people walk away from the 100 to play in the major league, the 100 is dead. As such, it's in bad shape. Yeah. And in fact, many of the T20 leagues are struggling. You heard about the WBBL, right? Where they don't have TV umpires for half yeah. the games. No money. Huh. Wow. Okay. So uh, the situation is not good for these, what do you call, leagues that are run by the Countries board, not like for the for the cricket third world countries. <laughs> cricket third world countries. <laughs> Cricket's third world countries. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but the irony of the whole thing was actually David Willey, right? I mean, he had uh, ten overs for three wickets with the ball, and then he was unbeaten at the end and hit a few lofty blows, and I mean, at least you know managed to salvage some pride after that absolute disastrous batting display. And the next day, he announces his retirement from the game. It's just so sad. It was, yeah, he was awarded a contract, right? He was that is because he was contract. not awarded a contract. Exactly. Even if you assume that the, the, the decision to not award him a contract was based on sound judgment and data. Okay, let's give them that. But do you really want to announce that in the middle of a World Cup? Yeah. Is Wiley still in CSK? No. He... He played for no. one year and then the next year, the last minute, he backed out. And yeah. there was a strange comment made by, I think, Fleming or Dhoni. Yeah, we, he wants to do his own things. We don't know. So it was not as if uh, they were very happy with that uh, walk away. And I think no. he got another contract but with somebody else. I could have sworn he was RCB. in the RCB scheme of things briefly. Yeah. yeah. No, he's been bouncing around. I mean, ah. he's a good package because left-arm seamer who can bat anywhere in the order. But he's not a good enough bowler in India. That's the problem for him. Anyway, at the end of the day, this England team looked down and out. Who knows? Maybe they will have some more uh, energy come this weekend because they're going to meet yeah. the old enemy. But against India, 
even though they got India down to 229, and that too thanks to the last uh, 20 odd runs being added by our 8, 9, 10, 11 <laughs> guys. Okay, 11 didn't play. <laughs> 11 didn't play. 229 with some other teams might have meant uh, a little bit of a challenge. And at 44, no loss. England looked good, and then boom, boom. Two balls later, match over. Now let's go to the Hasmat Azmat show. Ram. Another professional chase, Kohli-esque. I I can't come up with more adjectives from from the Afghan. So the earlier one was not a fluke. They they really figured out how to do this, right? Again, I mean the the patterns were very much the same. The I mean the bowling. It was what it was. They managed to restrict Sri Lanka into the two forties to one hundred and forty-one. Again, th- uh, all out before the fiftieth over was completed, and again this time they brought back Farooqi for a four-wicket haul, which was which was again. But and and while chasing, you know, it wasn't quite Gurbaz ball like like you said the last time out for a duck, but then the rest of the guys were just just fantastic. I mean, replica, same playbook. Template or whatever you want to call it, you know, from the previous game, Ibrahim Zadran, Rahmat Shah, Hasmatullah Shahidi, and this time Omar Zai, and the chase was done and dusted. Professional, clean, no sweat. That that is what I took away from the game. Uh, I think they have transcended from the cameos of wild hitting and mm. uh, trying to quickly get to a score to a far more organized way. It could be the influence of Jonathan Trott. Because that is mm. exactly the way he used to play, a very organized batter, very steady, but he'll never get out. He'll keep on making big runs, and in fact, there is a picture of him with a white board showing his targets after the mm. after each ten overs, over, and then what overs, they achieved. Yeah. And I mean, it's it seems to be they kept kept things very simple, and they just happily rolled along. And anybody who blinks, they're gone. They have a very outside chance of making the semi-finals, but they'll have to up their game. One of them is they have to beat Australia, who actually yeah. never lose to a minnow. I've never heard of Australia losing to anybody after Duncan Fletcher did a number on them back in '83. '83. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this Australia yeah, in a World Cup. In mean. a World Cup, yes. When they in lost, otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant in a World Cup, and but then again. This Afghanistan team, if they get hold of somebody on tracks that are going to aid some spin bowling, they'll keep the opposition under two forty, two fifty, and maybe they'll be able to get those runs. So all in all, very organized, very steady, and of course, the one question everybody is asking: How did they lose to Bangladesh? That made no sense. Yeah, no. That first loss, they folded for one fifty or something. And they were just rolled over by Bangladesh. Just makes no sense given the way they have played the rest of the tournament. Since I think Gurbaz kept wickets, by the way. I think most of the innings. I don't know what I I, I didn't see what happened to Ali Kiro. He did not keep. Gurbaz kept wickets. Maybe that you know took a toll on him when mm. he came out to bat. Was the only person among the four who thought Afghanistan would win. Yeah, I mean their yeah, batting is finally. Finally clicking. Very interesting yeah. to see. I think the batting power to chase like a 300-ish total, but these middling totals they're going to chase it down. They didn't think so, but they did the 280 against Pakistan in style. Yeah. Do they still have the With highest two wickets. score yeah. in the tournament against India? Yeah. Or did uh, New Zealand? New Zealand oh, cross them. Cross them by oh, one run. Not by much, right? Yeah, one run or something. So from Afghanistan and Sri Lanka, let's go over to Pakistan and Bangladesh. Vijay. Yeah, this was sort of went along expected lines for most parts. Yeah, Shaheen Shafridi started hitting his strikes, priced out the top order from the opponents that he expected those things to happen. Didn't always click like that, but this time it did. Then Bangladesh, to their credit, they shuffled the batting order to a point where I thought it made more sense given different the forms of the different players. So Shakib going further down and Mushfikur Rahim going uh, further up makes sense. But somehow I think from that point, Mushfikur Rahim lost his flow. I think he didn't score much this game and hasn't scored since. Mahmudullah has been kind of left stranded 
with with the tail enders. So having him play middle order above Shakib also made sense. When Afridi came back, I think uh, he priced him out. So they look tired. I don't know why Bangladesh looks so tired. Their bowlers look tired. Alan Donald looked extremely tired. Yeah. So I think it's uh, something else is going on. Something is just not working out for them. Maybe it's the travel. I kind of read here and there that they're not good travelers. And then having a tournament like this where they have to cover a lot of distance just between games, these things uh, play for them. But really, really surprising how their bowlers have not come to the party at all. Again, this time around, it was still Miraz who was taking wickets, although he gave runs. Nobody was containing at the other end either. So allowed Pakistan to have a very easy chase in the end. Nothing much to write home about for this. I think two personal changes seem to have made a difference to Pakistan. One, we should blow our trumpet, we called out, which was the inclusion of Fakhar Zaman in the Pakistan side. Finally, I would like to think some sort of reason prevailed and he was actually given a shot and it worked. I can tell you the reason. I can tell you the reason. Okay. His uncle, yeah, uncle resigned. His uncle quit the selection committee because of conflict of interest. There you go. Wow. Oh, really? Some other Who's conflict of interest. Imamul oh, okay. Hudson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is. I think it's a sporting. Oh, Imamul Hudson. Ah. Yeah, sporting. That that one has all these guys as as board of directors and Insamam's brother. Is involved there, something like that. Dude, uh, what a mess. So it's like this a family affair. Web of intrigue. There's one more thing going on with the Pakistan board too. The interim chief, he was not supposed to make strategic decisions, but he made strategic decisions. I want to know which Pakistan board chief has been making strategic decisions, whether he's allowed to or not. So Funny. Pakistan is in a mess. Board-wise. Just to complete my point, there was the Mohammad Wasim inclusion, which I thought was the yeah. other thing that kind of worked out for them. And when they were trying to work out how to find that number seven, again, this is a day for Shardul Takur jokes, their version of a Shardul Takur, I don't know why they didn't go to Mohammad Wasim in the first place. He justified his inclusion. And, and really, what more do you want at this, uh, this stage? Yeah, one, one final point there was around, uh, I, I think their leggy, is mm. still being read very easily. Even in this game, we saw that unless batters are under pressure, like in the South Africa game, he doesn't seem to be able to prize out wickets. Yeah. So, Sama yes. Mira has been a bit of a letdown for them from the bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't sure. understand why they didn't bring Abrar Ahmed, who was so good in the Test Series against England back then. Anyway, yeah. it's it's Pakistan. You never know what, what reasons they have. But there's a lot of infighting going on. Nobody's blaming everybody else. And, but then again, that's the way they always are. And you never know what you're going to get on the field, right? So, Vasant, yeah. has anyone counted the first over wickets in this World Cup? Is it among the highest or is it just recency bias that I feel that a lot of wickets are falling in the first over? Good question. No, I should go look it up. Then let's go to South Africa. Versus the Black Caps. Perfect formula. Win the toss against South Africa and put them in. Well done, Mr. Latham. <laughs> I mean, how can you do this? It is like saying, I'm going to bowl first on a rank turner. Who in the right mind would bowl first against the South African team after you've got evidence of those two botched chases? No. Yeah, and you saw what they did at the Wankade, batting first. Yeah, yeah. You bat first, and then on top of it, you let them do whatever they want. The usual five runs and over for 10 overs, then make yeah. it six runs and over, seven, seven runs and over. Towards the end, it was they were unstoppable. A David Miller guy has come to form. How hard can you try to lose the game? Yes, you can try harder. Yeah. Have two of your bowlers also injured. I mean, as if uh, the Lockie Ferguson loss in the middle of the match wasn't bad enough, the same thing happens to Matt Henry in this one. Yeah. So, Matt Henry can't complete his quota. So, guess who they have to go back to? Jimmy Nisham. Nisham. Jimmy Nisham. <laughs> How many runs does he concede on this time? On this guy in this game? Yeah. And yeah. again, they have to rely on Erapali Phillips to take wickets. Erapali Phillips was, yeah. He took three Phillips for a change was 
No, that was nearly. No, no. Even this one, like... finally, they have worked him. Asim under Dosan. Nobody notices this guy. In all the mayhem <laughs> that goes around him, this guy quietly sneaked yeah. in two hundreds. A Quinton yeah. Decock has got four hundreds in seven matches. Are you kidding me? Yeah, five hundred plus. Uh, yeah, he is the top run scorer in the World Cup as we speak yeah. this year. And then when it's not enough, Mr. Klassen will come and hit. Miller will come and hit. And even Temba Bavuma's attempts to slow them down, even then they're making so many runs. Yeah. So I, I don't know when Markram will get a chance to bat again. Oh, yeah. He got one ball, right? And he hit a six. And he hit a six. This is like unbelievable. And then Mr. Marco Janssen will pick up two wickets in his uh, first spell. And then they'll, they'll just completely decimate the opposition by the first 15 overs. And after that, it's just like yeah. exhibition time. But this was the first time, you know, the Devon Conway trend actually came to my notice. Right? When that chase again didn't go all that well. I'm like, hey, wait, wait a minute. What's happening to Devon Conway? And then we realize that he's made less in the next six games that he made in the first game. Ooh. Put together. He made a 150 in the first game, right? And then in the next six games, he has a total of 120, 130, something like that. That's when I noticed he's just failing too many times here. And then for the first time, a New Zealand chase just completely went off track. Not one batter could sustain for a long period of time. Uh, except Venkat Raghavan Phillips. Except, you know, this this time he is no longer Venkat Raghavan. He is now transitioned into Gary Sobers or something. <laughs> he is doing this yeah. with a bat. <laughs> but b- by the time he reached a spot, he was like, just devil may care, I'll just hit, yeah, laga to laga. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what he was doing. Uh, but the match was well and truly lost, you know, by then. There was no question. I, mean, of, I, of, I don't understand Mitchell batting so beautifully. First over of Maharaj. He has to lift. Yeah. See, this is when you have somebody like Dhoni in the team. He knows. Net run rate. Let's hmm. slow. Let's forget about winning. Let's go and winning. reduce Let's the budget. Runs. Yeah, exactly. And I think they left at least maybe 80, 100 runs on the table. Easily. That could have they were all been, out in the 35th over, right? Yeah. They could have played slowly, taken their own time. And they wouldn't have been in this hole now that they are in. So, but I think Ricky Ponting yeah. called it out correctly. He said they're missing Kane. Yeah. Kane Williamson would have known how to control this. Anchor. Who is worse? Is Barber's captaincy worse or Latham's captaincy worse? Barber. Barber. For sure. Barber. I mean, look, look think I about mean, the yeah, first... Latham uh, is not the first choice captain. And yeah, he's not he's a first choice captain. Side. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say but this... he had one job a, to call... But I'll say this in Tom Latham's defense. In the in the opening game against England, he did pretty well. I mean, he uh, rang in the bowling changes. Uh, that that True. match was tightly done. I think subsequent events kind of shows us he's not really on top of his game the way he should. But he did start promisingly, I thought. So, third anyway. defeat in a row with only 10 fit players. What's what's going to happen to New Zealand? Will they be able to field 11 people? It's in a way the opposite of Australia, right? Australia had tough opponents to begin with and slowly eased into easier opponents. And then they didn't have their first yeah. choice 11 and slowly everybody is recovering and coming into the squad except for a guy who was uh, taking a joyride in a golf cart. Then these guys is the opposite. They started, okay, first game England. But now we know that England is, is an easy team in this <laughs> cup. And then they've been playing all the easy games and then now they kind of stacked against him, right? Rest of the uh, league games. And now they're losing uh, personnel every game. I, I think they'll end up as the fourth given that they have had. They have enough to, to prevail till the semifinals. Yeah. Well, they have to depend on England to take down Pakistan. Because mm. if Pakistan beats And them, the New Zealand-Pakistan game becomes a no, no. Virtual elimination. The next one is round. New Zealand, Pakistan. So, if yeah, Pakistan yeah. beats New Zealand, then New Zealand is in a bit of uh, strife. So, Even if they beat Sri Lanka, Pakistan might be able to get ahead of them on the net run rate. But Pakistan yeah. does need to beat England also. The rules of the substitution are also very strange. So, you have a squad of 15 and you have a 
limitation and the number of support staff so mm-hmm. even though blundel was there at the ground he is a traveling reserve he is not allowed to come on the field so had they run out of players they would have had to have luke ronchi or somebody else come and field any oh. male member of the support staff wow so that is the rule so if you run out of 15 if you got five guys injured that somebody from the support staff can come to field i don't know whether they can play as in bat and ball but they can come and field for sure and only they can field so that is the strange rule there's no news i have not seen any news about anybody being flown in mm. the reports are that come saturday they will have locky back and nisham mm. back and it's a day game by the way against pakistan it's a, it's a very different situation tommy so, I mean, during a day game is not a very high scoring venue at least from the ipl days and then let's go to the last cricket game india versus sri lanka it was a thorough thrashing after that first over loss of rohit the indian batting looked sublime gill was well his usual sublime best Kohli was absolutely brilliant. Again, broke many hearts, finishing on 88. Gill had that lovely 90 plus, <laughs> and then Shreyas Iyer, the much criticised, much ridiculed Shreyas Iyer, came to the party, hitting six after six, including a 106 meter shot. Longest of the tournament. Longest of the tournament. and then there was a little cameo from rahul uh, a guest appearance from sky and ravindra jadeja came and hit some 30 odd looked very yeah. easy while he was at Correct. it and 145 uh, strike rate yeah, shami had a bat and so yeah i mean he rolled along 350 something for 8 357 for 8 and then comes the sri lankan batting anand take it from here what happened that that first ball from bumrah i i saw the replay multiple times i saw how wide he was i have no idea how the ball straightened no idea how how does anyone play a ball like that i think it's kind of unfair to ask people to bat against it and i was you know I was watching shrikant before i came here and shrikant is like if i had to face bowlers like this he said i wouldn't have made any runs and this is shrikant who faced fast bowlers when he opened this innings and he says the ball wasn't swinging the ball was just uh, all three bumrah shami siraj and of course he was you know uh, effusive of all three but in particular shami he said this is unplayable stuff he said i, I don't blame sri lankan sata he said there, there is a basic bit of incompetence there but he said this indian bowling attack on a day like this nobody can bat against them yeah i mean we're just so lucky to have a team like this and siraj finally came to the party today and i i thought they wouldn't even cross 40 or 50 you know a couple of streaky boundaries here and there i thought it was spectacular bowling today and siraj siraj attacks all the time he's just it's he, you can't drive him you can't you know he's he's fast enough that you have to be extraordinarily cool to pull him you know because length it is impossible to play siraj on a stay and shami was just sublime i think he plays every format as if he's bowling in test cricket he bowls the same way i think from what i've seen in uh, t20s as well so long as his captain knows when to use him they don't use him in the death he just bowls sublime bowling sublime length uh, is unstoppable there's nothing to say here i mean uh, it's kind of sucks for sri lanka that they've done this twice now why did they ask india to bat and not bat maybe the asia cup final is played in their mind they didn't want to be all out in 15 overs they lasted five more overs chasing that's about it i mean uh you know what else to say i really wish they they held out to the catches uh, you know when sri lanka yeah. bowled uh, if they had held out to the catches would it have made a difference i don't know and is there a, a more monstrous you know hitter against mediocre bowling than uh, <laughs> shreyas ayer in this team a team full of power hitters and shreyas is the one who is you know he's got both the timing and the muscle 
when kl rahul hits those monster sixes you don't feel the power uh, yeah. when rohit sharma you barely feel it it's just timing Elegance, yeah. with this guy when both align i i just don't get it and i don't even remember any sri lankan bowler attempting the bouncer to shreyas or even when they did it was slow bouncers i i could not understand that at all i don't know you know malinga and murali were seeing this i don't know what they felt nisanka is a very good batter kusal mendes is a good batter dimuth karunaratne is a decent batter samara vikrama has been among runs charit okay. asalanka as we have seen is one of the best number 5s to reduce them and angelo matthews to nothing is the greatness of this indian bowling attack i, I really wish you know we carry this for uh, how many more games three more games three or four more games four, yeah. few things to call out right so it's also captaincy to a large extent when when these guys were bowling siraj started with two slips and then mm. uh, rohit shaw what was saw what was happening and then brought in iyer for the third slip and boom you meet next ball it goes right there next ball yeah it's yeah it's like they they are uh, like a well oiled machine that you know he's responding to his captain's field placement and vice versa he's looking at how the bowler ball is shaping up and giving the right field for him that catch was actually not cleanly taken i don't know if you guys noticed it it bounced off his chest mm. <laughs> he took the catch the other thing was uh, when uh, shami came on to bowl it felt surreal it was already like you know mm. four wickets down and our best bowler so far has not even come on to bowl and then immediately yeah. first over boom boom two wickets uh, of the highest order i i don't know how we can it like have, have, we should do a george kasanza like we should quit now <laughs> yeah at the same no no yeah. more cricket for india i said somewhere that i didn't think in my lifetime that i would given a choice of seeing only one of india's batting or india's bowling i would prefer india's bowling and here we are yeah. uh, it's quite remarkable you know this bowling attack um yeah One yeah, other George Kasanza moment was uh, Sanjay Manjurekar in the commentary box, calling it say? exactly right. So he <laughs> kind of found the difference between Siraj and Shami. Siraj doesn't go full, where Shami yeah. doesn't hesitate to go full, even if it is an odd boundary or so that you know even the some of the tail enders are able to drive. But that puts a seed of doubt in the short selection in the batter's mind, and uh, Shami is benefiting. He finished saying that. and then chami got a couple of nicks to <laughs> the like okay this is, has to be like one of those nights when even sanju munju is right <laughs> so yeah well speaking of commentary moments i think just before the gill dismissal dk was in the commentary box and he said something like okay both of these players are playing really well both of them are approaching their hundreds here but you can see that they are both tired they'll probably look to hit some big shots and get to their hundreds i sure hope they don't get out in the bargain and next <laughs> ball is up i'm amazed at how he called that the other thing that they kept on calling how do you know whether shreyas is going to have a big hit oh he taps the crease and actually on the ball that he was defending there was no tap he was just defending on the mm-hmm. ball that he hit As this guy is running in, the guy does a double tap on the crease, and then he comes and hits. Speaking so, of players, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the guy is clearly coming into this game under some sort of pressure, right? I mean, he can't have missed all the noise uh, about how you know he should be the one who should get dropped when Hardik is back, and and he wouldn't have missed that, right? So, uh, but despite that, I mean, he has he has complete clarity in his mind that I will play exactly the way. I am expected to play, right? You know, he is uh, from ball one. He is striking at a, a strike rate that's better than hundred. Gets to fifty in about thirty-five, thirty-six balls, and then you know decides to go after. The, I mean, he was batting towards the fag end in the slog overs, anyways, and just decides to go after the bowling and gets out of the bargain. I mean, that's the template he's been brought to do. It's like, dude, you bat in the middle overs. no letting up of the momentum you take the game to the opposition bowlers usually spinners hit big and hit straight and he's doing exactly that yeah so shayas ayer has over 2000 runs in one day internationals average of 54 games 54 games yeah striking at almost 100 98.19 316 50s 
average of nearly 46. Only two players have got to 2,000 runs faster than he has. Virat Kohli is not Amla and Kohli. Illa, Illa, Amla and Indians. Indians. Oh, Indians. Indians, Indians. Amla, yes, of course. Amla yeah. is the fastest Shubman, uh, to 2,000. Shubman Gill. Shubman Gill and uh, Shikhar Dhawan. That's mm-hmm. it. Shikhar Dhawan, interesting. Shikhar Dhawan. Shubman Gill and Shikhar Dhawan. And Shikhar Dhawan, I mean, of course, just got there very recently as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shibman mm-hmm. is the fastest on the Indian side, 38 games or 39 games, something like that. Nice. nice. Uh, start of the day. And it's amazing how there is so much noise about, you know, he doesn't deserve a place in the 15, never mind the 11. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, so that's, I guess. Yeah, uh, that, that, so one Rahul's uh, DRS skills that, that oh. has to be talked oh, about. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was That's splendid. Right. He, it wasn't just that caught behind. He also called one of the LPWs. Rohit was all like, you know, adrenaline pumping, saying, let's go, let's go. He said, no, man, it's going leg side. Yeah. And then he blew, Rohit blew that review. And then nobody else appealed. He was like, go for it. I'm telling you, go for it. So Michael yeah. Atherton actually called out uh, Rohit Sharma in the, in the post-match, uh, this thing. So he's like, okay, so Ra- what about Rahul and his DRS? And he's like, yeah, I need to f- do a better job of trusting the right people with the DRS. <laughs> <What's kind of laughs> response? Yeah, Rohit is pretty candid that way. I mean, I you know he says it as it is. Yeah. But Rohit got almost a hint of 3D level ball from Madhushanka. Yes. After the first ball, a boundary, unplayable. Yes. I'm actually happy that uh, he got that ball now and not, you know, two games from now, but... That's very nice. I think it was all downhill from there, but you know, Malishanka still ended up with five wickets, went for plenty of runs. Rohit is now done with his law of averages catch up. He is not setting himself up for 45 minutes of bad cricket in a knockout. Remember, we have a game against Netherlands. I feel sorry for them already. Yeah. See, that is the the game that, uh, you know, I think that is the last of the league games. And that's the time we will, if India does lose a game to South Africa. That will be the game that where they can do the math and figure out what their run rate needs to be so that they are top of the charts and head to the Vankade. So, so yeah, so so India it'll, has some... <laughs> it will also be the game where they decide who goes to Champions Trophy, I think. Ah. <laughs> I do have a question. Did Sri Lanka bowling first exhaust them when they came to bat? Or yes, is it sir. just an excuse that England uses? No, I think it, it was quite exhausting. It was really, really exhausting. Just as an aside, but I was talking to a guy who actually was at the Ahmedabad game, India-Pakistan. And and he was telling me that the temperature in the afternoon, in the stands, not on the ground, was as high as 51 degrees centigrade. Good Lord. So it's worse. 51 degrees It's worse in the middle. No, it'll be better in the middle. And he was attributing it to the fact that the Motera ground is sort of built like a like a gladiatorial place, right? No space, just like a lot of seats to accommodate a lot of people. Unlike, say, the Chinnaswamy or the Chepok, where there are stands with space in between. So there is, you know, there is space for air to pass. That That is not how the Motera has been designed. That is true. So the, 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 the temperature just goes up. It's more of a cauldron. Both Motera... It's an absolute cauldron. Motera Kena are full mm. round stadiums. Now, Chepok used to be like that. Then they rebuilt yep. everything with they those stands. Yeah. And so was the case with Vankade. Back before the 2011 World Cup, they rebuilt it with stands with a lot of space in the middle. So, I think that's the more newer generation of stadiums wherein they understand that mm. there has to be a flow of air and all in the middle. Isn't the Motera Stadium a new generation stadium? The newest, yeah. Uh, no, but the motivation is not to make it uh, comfortable yeah. for the spectators, right? It's just to have more yeah, people. You just shove in as many people as yeah. possible. That is the motivation. That is the motivation. It depends upon what you want, right? But it shocked me that it was as high as 51 degrees in that game. If you ask me, I think they should shift the final to Vankade. That's a better place to play cricket than anywhere else. The crowd is great. For sure. And everything is great. Yeah. Not Motera. I but, couldn't agree. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't Van, agree unfortunately, is a small stadium compared to just 40,000 people. But both Vankade and Chennai, they are the ones who deserve the 
really deserve the final. Okay, and maybe even Chinnaswamy because that's another outstanding place. Now let's go over to the previews of the next seven matches. The first one at the Ekana between Afghanistan and Netherlands, and probably we'll see one Turner there. Uh, I think it's advantage Afghanistan. Afghanistan is going to end up fifth in the table ahead of Pakistan at the end of this game, and uh, they'll be at eight points. I believe it is. Uh, they're still going to use the used pitch, right? Which means that uh, it's going to heavily favor the spinners. Poor, poor Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> and then we will Pretty hear much. about Aryan Dutt and Paul Ackerman taking four wickets each, <laughs> mm. or whatever that Ackerman is. I don't know whether it's Paul. Colin. Colin, Colin. Ackerman. <laughs> New Zealand, Pakistan. Okay, oh, quarterfinal match. I have a personal stake in this one. <laughs> quarterfinal. I really want New Zealand to win. <laughs> yeah. This is the closest to a quarterfinal. And uh, New Zealand, do they have 11 people to play? We don't know. This is being played where? The Chinnaswamy? Yes, Chinnaswamy, day yeah. game. Day game. So if New Zealand can field a 11 that won't break, they might be in with a chance. If they can't, then Pakistan is on the upswing. And like I mentioned, they had reached the cornered tiger status a couple of games ago. So I, I think no, no, no. Uh, a resurgent Pakistan might just pip them. Now, will they win by 85 runs? That I don't know. Let's check. Is that what they need to pip ahead of uh, New Zealand? Yeah, and the they other? need to win by 85 mm. runs to get ahead of New Zealand. And mm. then, of course, they need to beat England. But then the last game would be the margin of victory over England will have to be greater be than the margin. Significantly high, yeah. 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 So, but if they beat them by 85 runs, then they'll be happier. Although New Zealand is playing our friend Sri Lanka, it's still advantage New Zealand in terms of qualification. But I think this game, I am thinking Pakistan. No, I'm actually rooting for New Zealand here. I think more, they are the more cornered tigers here with, with uh, the injury <laughs> and everything going on. <laughs> I'm going by my memory here. I think Glenn Phillips loves Chinnaswamy. I don't know why I have that feeling. It feels like a ground where Glenn Phillips is going to win a game for them. So uh, I think it's New Zealand's game to lose which they are fully capable of losing, but I hope they prevail. I hope uh, New Zealand prevails too and we shut down this discussion <clears> on who's going to go yeah. to the semi-final. Yeah. Okay, my, <laughs> mine was a prediction of who I think would win, not who I would want to win. Slightly different matters. <laughs> then, let's go to the mini-Ashes. Ashes in Ahmedabad. So, Ashes to Ashes, dust to dust. Who's going to be dusted? Yeah, England. I mean, they are everybody's favorite whipping boy. So, they're going to lose again. Uh, no, 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 yeah. no Maxwell. No yeah. Maxwell. No, no Mitchell. No Marsh. Mitchell Marsh. Yeah, no Maxwell, no uh, Marsh. You got Labushain and uh, Steve Smith as their hitters. Uh, I think England is going to romp home. They have wow. to score one big, you know, 380 plus score. Mm. Yeah, 380 plus score. It's Ahmedabad. I think England is going to romp home. I, I don't think England is in a state of mind to win anything. They're not going to win anything <laughs> from here. I'm expecting Steve Smith and Cam Green to come, come through it big time. It doesn't matter. You and I can represent Australia. They will win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's I'm loving this. <laughs> it's no longer about skills and strategies and tactics. I think it's simply here in the head. And uh, England wants to go England home. Has not shown up. Yeah, they want to go home. They're done. Well, one thing that is going for the Aussies is head to head. Last five games that they have played, Australia has actually won four, and the last game head the actual head. Uh, hit 152, one or 106. So, <laughs> okay. if there is some muscle memory from that game, it could be Australia. Over to Eden India, Gardens. South Africa. Yeah, over to Eden Gardens. Rohit wins the toss. And then he... Bats. He has to bat. And who wins? He has to bat. And who wins? <laughs> India. Tempa Bahuma wins the toss. And decides Temba to... Bahuma will want to bat. Yeah, of course. And who wins? 
No, no. I mean, I, I mean, if India is chasing, they're chasing not more than two eighty because of our bowling. And yeah. if they are chasing two eighty. We have Rohit Sharma will unleash his secret weapon, Virat Kohli, on a chase, and that's it. There is all there is. This is it. Eden Gardens. Why yeah. is he a secret weapon? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Figure of speech. Wait, this is Eden Gardens. Do you really think Rohit Sharma is going to come out of the crowd still scoring hundred? Yeah. True. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, and he's doing hundred so, by the way. Yeah. Nineteen ninety one, India plays South Africa on their first tour. Correct. to india after apartheid the first one day international mm. was played in eden gardens mm. south africa won 77 for 8 in 47 overs india chased us down on the 40th over also lost 7 wickets lost 3 quick wickets we were 2 for 3 and then 3 for 20 and sachin tendulkar and praveen amre stitched a mm. very useful partnership and the bowling attack for south africa was donald snell brian mcmillan tim shark clive rice adrian cooper yeah so india south africa and eden gardens my mind always goes to that game i'll um, give you another one i'll i'll raise you on this india versus south yeah. africa at the eden gardens six runs to win in the last over yep such a there you go and brian yeah. brian mcmillan So India won both games, chasing and you know bowling, defending. So yeah, either way, I actually want to see South Africa bat. And as Ram said, I actually want to see what this bowling can do to the this South African batting. I am very curious to see it, irrespective of how the game goes. South Africa batting first versus this Indian bowling would be something to watch. Absolutely. Any changes? No. Even after Hardik Pandya comes back, hale and hearty and fit, he's not making it to my eleven at least. <laughs> That will happen when Sky comes and hits a hundred against those yeah, guys. Absolutely, yeah. Let's see how that goes. But yeah, I'm. I mean, after today's clinical performance, I mean, the chances of you know the South Africa game at the Eden going wrong seems very very low to me. Yeah, that's kind of like my assessment. Okay, next we go to the game that I don't think any of us gonna uh, gonna follow or see. Bangladesh versus Sri Lanka. Yeah. I truly don't yeah. know who will win, and I don't care. Yeah, I mean, we we would actually see a Netherlands game to watch. Eleven Charles Talkers, but nobody yeah. playing this one. <laughs> Does it make a difference yeah. to either of them in terms of qualifying Absolutely for the Absolutely for Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka mm. can beat Bangladesh and say, and they're home and dry. and it'll make a difference to england also and netherlands also also this is the day our clock changes so we can actually start watching the game one hour in advance oh it is yes it is no india south yeah. africa day is sunday so the, the clock, clock changes change at 2:30 2 o'clock in the morning yeah the so match will still start at 1:30 but then again at 1 it will come back to 1:30 at yeah if ram if you remember i don't know who was it south africa again in the last world cup Last time, yeah, we were both up watching. We were both we up, and we watched go. the clock yes. go back. Yes, yes. yes was yes, it South yes, Africa? It was India versus somebody. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, I mean, incredible. But that was the first time I experienced the clock going and coming back. So I saw two o'clock yeah. twice. That was quite something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As somebody said, why can't you move the time at four p.m. on a Friday? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, okay, so that is Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. This is a no op, don't care yeah. <laughs> prediction. And then we have Australia. Australia was Afghanistan. Afghanistan. At the Mankhede, Australia <clears throat> will have way too much firepower. But you know what? Dil kehta hai ki Afghanistan give them Deep some grief, man. Maybe that will be the day when Rashid Khan decides I will be Rashid Khan of the IPL, but I don't think they have the wherewithal to stop. No, we Australia. at least want Afghanistan to soften up the Australians so that by the time they come to the Wankhede to play the semi-final, you know they are suitably softened up. At least we could we could hope for that. And then comes the Champions Trophy qualification game between the two European countries. <laughs> the one that is doing better, namely Netherlands, and <laughs> compared to the other one. So, so that is called the Euro battle, the Euro twenty twenty three. 
the winner of this will be crowned the champion of Europe. The cricket Iceland might disagree, but yeah, but I expect England to just completely demolish Netherlands. So. Yeah, this may well be England's consolation win. So that's, I guess, the list till match forty. There was a funny incident in the Bangladesh versus Pakistan game. Shaheen Chafridi bowling to Tuskin Ahmed. The ball goes through behind. There's an appeal. And Tzvan and Babar are trying to figure out whether to go for a review. Go to the Babar yeah. asks uh, Rizwan, hey, he hit his bat. Rizwan asked the batsman. Bat pe laga? The batsman says, pad pe laga. And Rizwan says, ye pad pe laga. Review nahi chahiye. This is hilarious. <laughs> you ask the batter? <laughs> Is that even allowed in the rules? I wonder. <laughs> so you can't ask the umpire, right? You, you can't ask the umpire. You can ask the batter. The batter also responds. That's the beauty. <laughs> That's hilarious. God. My only question oh. to the panel. What in your mind is the one thing England could have done differently in this World Cup? Sort out the contract after the World Cup or like a few months before? Yeah. I think they needed a good mix of young and old in the squad selection. And they just decided to go with old. Uh, the only two people in that team who are less than 30 years old are, are Gus Atkinson and uh, Harry Brook, I think. I, I think they could have done well to include a Will Jacks or I don't know, I can come up with a few more names. But I think they they are basically a bunch of people that are past their prime now trying to fit themselves in retro, retrospectively is, is how I see it. Somebody should say all reals first ball so they can reset <laughs> and start all over again. My take is that they just should have taken up a more sedate way of handling the power play. With that, we come to the end of this episode of our podcast. Thank you for listening in and we hope you enjoyed this offering.